Let us begin our Easter sermon with prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, send your Holy Spirit to work through the words of our Easter sermon that we may see your ruling hand even in the lies and conspiracies of those who rejected you. Let us see that you permitted these acts of hostility in order to give us the sure and certain conviction that you gave up your son for our offenses and raised him again for our justification so that we may be confident of our eternal salvation. Graciously keep us in this true faith through your beloved Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one true God, now and forever. Amen. Our text for our sermon is Matthew chapter 27, verses 62 through 66, and 28, verses 11 through 15. On the next day, which was the day after the preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered in the presence of Pilate and said, Sir, we remember that what that deceiver said while he was still alive. After three days, I will rise again. So give a command that the tomb may be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples might steal his body and tell the people, He has risen from the dead, and this last deception will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard. Go, make it as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and posting a guard. As they were on their way, there were some members of the guard who went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. After the chief priests had assembled with the elders and had reached a decision, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers and said, You are to say, His disciples came at night and stole him away while we were sleeping. If the governor hears about it, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. After the soldiers took the money, they did as they were instructed, and this story has been repeated among the Jews until this day. This is the gospel history of our Lord. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we began our journey to Christ's cross on Ash Wednesday with the confession that came out of the high priest who was supposed to point to the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The people, the Sanhedrin was upset because Jesus had raised Lazarus from the grave. He'd been in there long enough that he actually would stink and decompose. He raised him from the grave. Hint, hint. But the Sanhedrin wanted to get him out of the way because the people were following him. We know it's because he is the true Messiah. And as they were trying to figure out what to do, Caiaphas said those murderous words, although you and I can understand them in light of John 3.16, it's better for the nation that one man perish than that the people bring themselves to ruination. We've made our way through up to the cross. And on Good Friday, we heard those soldiers who had mocked him earlier on that day, had beat him and slapped him and put that crown of thorns on his head, say, Hail, King of the Jews, suddenly say, This is a righteous man. This is a son of God. It's important for us to understand all that because Jesus died for our sins and he rose victorious. Christ's resurrection, the empty tomb, is God the Father giving you a receipt. There, your sins are paid for in full. My son has taken care of all of it. And so today we come to the last confession proclaimed by Christ's enemies. When they say, we remember what that deceiver said. After three days I will rise again. How sad, isn't it? 
the disciples who had heard Jesus tell them over and over again, I will rise again after three days, had forgotten it. And they lost the wonderful comfort they should have had through all of this. Ah, but the ones who had those murderous intentions, they remembered Jesus saying, destroy this temple and I will rebuild it in three days. The irony is they call Jesus the deceiver and Jesus never once lied. He's true God. He's holy. They end up being the deceivers. Stop and think about, first of all, how on Good Friday, they wouldn't go into the Praetorium because they didn't want to defile themselves. And now they're quite happy to gather in the presence of Pilate, an unclean Gentile, and say, Sir, we remembered what that deceiver said while he's still alive. After three days, I will rise again. Now, this is not the Sanhedrin, but it's the chief priests and the Pharisees. The chief priests would include... Caiaphas, the high priest, and Annas, the deposed high priest. Brothers and sisters in Christ, along with them are the Pharisees. And the Pharisees deceived themselves because they thought if they just acted holy enough and did the right things, then forgiveness would be theirs. And they missed the fact that you and I, when we recognize we can't clean ourselves of unholiness, then we rejoice that God has done it. They're only lying to themselves if they think they can earn their salvation. And because of that, they've given themselves the greatest deceit of all. They miss the fact that they need a savior. And those chief priests, they were supposed to point to the Lamb of God. They don't care that they're robbing the world of the greatest comfort and eternal salvation. They don't want to lose their positions. And if you think that their big concern truly is that the disciples might steal their body of the Lord... You're wrong. They knew Jesus had raised Lazarus. They knew Jesus had raised Jairus' daughter. They knew that Jesus had raised the young man at Nain. We're not told this, but brothers and sisters in Christ, they already got what the disciples had missed, that Jesus said, destroy this temple and I will rebuild it in three days. The real reason why they want that guard there is because if Jesus comes out of that tomb, as they know he said, they want those guards there to stab him with a spear and make sure he gets back into that tomb. Worst case scenario for us, the disciples come and steal his body, but they know that more is going on there. And brothers and sisters in Christ, the really sad thing is their true fear is truly the resurrection. They know that Jesus was a man of God. They saw the temple curtain torn in two, which shows that we have direct access to the Father now. They wanted him out of the way. And the irony is when the guards do come and tell them, uh-oh, something happened to that tomb and it was scary, they bribe the guards. Here, you tell this lie because they don't want Jesus to be Lord. But brothers and sisters in Christ, everything depends on what they are trying to cover up on Christ's resurrection. And after our epistle lesson today in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 13 through 17, the Apostle Paul tells us why it's so important that Christ rose. If there's no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is pointless and your faith is pointless too. Then we are even guilty of giving false testimony about God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it were true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, 
Your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. If we want to believe the lies that Christ is not risen, and I know you do not, then it's pointless for us to have got out of bed this morning. We might as well have slept in and enjoyed the extra day off, right? The sad thing is there are so many Christians today who, like the Sanhedrin, will not accept the fact that Christ is true God who became true man and rose from the grave. And they look at the scriptures and they say, the disciples did lie about this. They lied and they came up with this story like a cult. But there's some nice moral things for us to learn. Some of them say, well, the disciples didn't mean to lie, but psychological studies have sown. You, you share a big enough lie. They ended up convincing themselves that they actually saw the risen Lord. Some don't go quite that far and they say Christ didn't actually die on the cross. He only swooned. And when he was in the tomb, the coolness of the grave rose him. But they ignore that part where we're told that the Roman soldiers stuck that spear up into his side. That would have gone through his lung and heart. That's after being scourged and everything else. Brothers and sisters in Christ, if these people don't want to believe that, I don't know why they bother climbing into a pulpit. Because as the Apostle Paul said, then our sins are not paid for. The sad thing is, behind it all, is the father of all lies, the devil. The devil does not want you to believe that that tomb is empty. And the devil has a little puppet he uses to believe his lies. It's your and my sinful nature. And it's one of the many reasons why we need a savior. The devil lies to us. Commit that sin. Christ has forgiven you. It's so small it doesn't matter. Or he'll tell us, that's not even a sin. How dare God be holy and tell you that's wrong? And then you commit the sin. Oh, and then that puppet of the devil, the sinful nature says, how could you? How could you do this? God will never forgive you. And we despair. We can be like the Pharisees and we can lie to ourselves about our sin. We can turn around and, and be those holier-than-thou people that are hypocritical and say, I'm good, I'm going to heaven because I give enough offering and I go to church enough times and I don't have those other sins. But we are just as guilty of deception if that's what we think. That's actually picking and choosing what holiness is and ignoring our pet sins but paying attention to other people's pet sins. Sadly, the ultimate lie that our sinful nature gets us to believe is that Jesus did rise, but it goes like this. Jesus made it possible for you to be saved. Now all you have to do is this. In other words, Jesus does some of the work and you do some of the work. But that's not how it works. We live in a world that is a lie, brothers and sisters in Christ. And it's why God took on human flesh. And it's why He's had His Word recorded. And it's why He sent His Holy Spirit into your heart that you were finally able to see through the darkness and say, No, I am a sinner who needs a Savior and will not believe the devil and the world's lies. You know your Savior has risen. That's why you're so happy to have a Savior who did rise. So, so far in that confession, they knew that he said, after three days I will rise again. They are the true deceivers. And we're so thankful that God works through this world of lies to scatter the darkness and give us the truth that we do have a Savior. The ultimate irony is, though, brothers and sisters in Christ, is that they try to cover up the resurrection after it happens. 
First they began with those words to Pilate. Sir, we remember what that deceiver said while he was still alive. After three days I will rise again. So give a command that the tomb may be made secure until the third day. Stop and think about what an extra comfort God is giving to you in what these people did. Because Pilate did give them a guard. And you know what? There were some very strict penalties if a Roman guard fell asleep. Don't kid yourself. The Roman guards were in danger when they, when they told that lie. The Roman army was a very disciplined army and they did not tolerate insubordination. But brothers and sisters in Christ, not only did they post a guard who was there to see it, they put wax over that tomb door, over that, that stone that was put over it, and they put a seal on it. It would have to be broken so they would know if somebody tried to roll it away. They went out of their way to make sure nothing happened for that tomb to be opened. And God that allowed them to do that to give you the ultimate proof that the tomb is empty. Christ apparates out of the tomb. He's now in his state of exaltation. He's using the full powers of his godhood. It's the angels who come and blow that door off of its hinges, shall we say. And the guards, these are disciplined Roman soldiers. They take off in fear. You can be absolutely confident that these people going out of the way to prove that there was no resurrection has proven to you by their efforts that there was a resurrection. As Matthew chapter 28 verses 2 through 4 says, as the women were on their way to the tomb, suddenly there was a great earthquake. God even made a sign in the earth for this. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, he rolled away the stone and was sitting on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards were so terrified of him that they shook and became like dead men. Oh yes, and God did let other people see besides the Marys, the empty tomb. The women who came to the tomb, he let Peter and John see it. And we're told later he would appear to 500 people. He would appear to the Emmaus disciples. But that Sanhedrin's effort to make sure that he couldn't rise, putting guards there to actually try to kill him if he came out, is proof to you the tomb is empty. And so we're told after the chief priests had assembled with the elders and had reached a decision, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers and said, you are to say his disciples came at night and stole him away while we were sleeping. If the governor hears about it, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. The sad thing is that large sum of money probably came out of the treasury that was used to buy those lambs that were sacrificed every morning to atone for the sins of Israel that had happened that night and then to buy the lamb, the last sacrifice of the day to atone for the sins of Israel that had happened that day, that large sum of money probably came out of that treasury. How hypocritical. They had to give a large sum because the guards knew that their lie was going to get them in big trouble and then they had to say, if you get in trouble with the governor, Pilate will take care of it. So much effort. But you know the irony is? When the truth is prevalent, you cannot hide it. And as we heard in our lessons, over 500 people saw our risen Lord. 
But that empty tomb is comfort for you because they went out of their way to try to disprove it. And by all their effort, they proved Jesus's resurrection. And that empty tomb is God giving you a receipt that says your sins have been paid for in full. It's not now God has made it possible for you to earn your salvation. Hope you don't screw it up. It's not give enough offering, come to church enough times, act holy enough. Oh, no. It's Jesus paid for your sins in full. He's put His Holy Spirit in your heart, giving you the new man who can see through the lies and cling to the Word. And that new man brings us to be nourished and reassured as we live in this world of darkness. So that confession, after three days I will rise again, they prove to be the true deceivers. But we thank the Lord that He's opened your eyes with faith, that you now know the deception and you know the truth. They ended up proving Jesus' resurrection, which gives us the tremendous comfort we have this morning and every day of our lives. Heaven is yours. You too will rise. Your new man is alive in Christ. Amen. May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of sheep, equip you with everything good for doing His will. And may He work in us what is pleasing to Him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.